testing. One, two, three. Anything but that. This is weird. It's weird. Very weird. Fucking weird. And now my document will not allow. Okay. gonna sit in silence for a few minutes and look at my phone <laughs> okay i've been recording for like three minutes already uh hello friends and friends of friends and friends and friends and friends of friends and my enemies i hope you are all doing well today that was a weird intro but i'm too tired like i'm so sorry i i'm recording this on november 6th it's a wednesday it ow it is uh 6 12 p.m right now and I am tired. I don't know why I like, okay, I do know why. So yesterday I came over to my friend's house to record and I was like about to start recording and then I just like didn't feel like it. So I didn't because the last time I didn't feel like recording, it did not sound good and I ended up having to do two different takes of it just because I did not like it that much. And I don't know, I just, I did not want to go through that again. So I was like, okay, I much rather just wait and then like what I record, and then I'll deal with it then. Um, so I'm gonna just have to edit this all tonight, and that's totally fine. I've done it before. Is my phone ringer off? No, it is not off. I'm going to fix that right now. So hello, hi, how are ya? I always start that as Jeffrey Star's introduction, and I don't really know why. It's like, I even do like the weird hand thing. I know it's, it's audio, so you can't see it, but just believe me, know in your heart, that in my right hand, as I hold my drink, I am doing the hand wave thing. So today, as you will notice, today's, I just kind of wanted to clarify something. Um, whenever I, so, okay, roll back. Whenever I do a script, at first I would like do like a bunch of detail and like I'd come up with a really funny like name for it and I'd try really hard and stuff or like I'd make it really serious like the Lover's Lane Murders. Um, but this is my 11th episode and I'm just, I just like having fun now and I'm also really stressed out right now with school stuff. Uh, I just have a bunch of work I have to get done. Even after this I have to finish up a feature story for my feature feature writing class. I don't know why that was weird for me to say. Uh, so yeah, that's just happening right now. So the title of today's episode is Bonnie and Bonnie, which I thought of before I even like found my stories because I was like, I want to do a story all about female murderers. And I don't know if y'all like it, but I kind of like doing two different stories every single time. I know it's just me and it probably gets like really annoying to hear me talk about murders, but I find it fun and it's fun for me to get to learn about a new murderer. Like today during class, I randomly brought up our good old guy, Gary, for some reason. <laughs> um, we were talking about like uh, Sally and Thomas Jefferson and if they were really in love and I was like, hear me out. But so <laughs> I'm not going to go into that right now, um, but I just, I like learning about murderers, and I like learning about true crime, and this is fun for me, so I just decided that I'm gonna start doing two, and if I don't, if one is, like, really long, like, I think that the, um, the werewolf of, the werewolf of Wisteria story could have been a standalone episode. If it's, like, stuff like that, then I'll definitely just do one an episode, but for the time being, I'm kind of jiving with two an episode, but I'm still gonna try and keep it short, 20 minutes, good bite-sized pizzas, 
good bite-sized pizzas. I meant to say bite-sized pizzas, and instead I said pizzas. I'm very hungry. I haven't eaten since 11. It's fine. It's good. I'm doing great. I am thriving today. So, okay. <laughs> I should probably just get started. Okay, so trigger warnings for today's episode is sexual assault, murder. Um, yeah, so let us get into our first story about Nancy Hazel. Nancy, or her nickname was Nanny, which I think is kind of cute, Hazel, she married her first husband at the age of 16 in 1923. She met Charlie Braggs at the linen factory where they both worked. Um, since they were so young and Nanny had always searched for romance and she did not find it. Charlie was the only child to a single and clingy mother. The elder Miss Braggs moved in with Nanny and Charlie after their marriage and never left, which is kind of one of the reasons that Nanny was like going crazy. <coughs> uh, just don't move in with your... It's, it's just, it's so weird. I think it's really weird never like helicopter moms move in with their kids after they have babies or like before they have babies. Hazel soon bore, f bore, Ugh. Hazel then gave birth to four dollars. Man, what the crap? Hazel soon gave birth to four daughters and her casual smoking and drinking became a daily habit. By the mid 1920s, two of Nanny's girls succumbed to food poisoning and Charlie then decided to get a divorce. In 1927, he took their eldest daughter, Melvina, with him, and Nanny got to take the newborn. Charlie always said that when he left Nanny, it was because he was so scared of her, and, you know, that's good. He was a smart man. If you're ever scared of someone, if someone that you love makes you afraid of things, don't. Don't be with them for longer, please, because then you get to tell fun stories like this. Soon, Nanny moved to a nearby town and soothed her loneliness by reading no- <coughs> Okay, I have to pause. <laughs> so, I went to the doctor this weekend and got diagnosed with um, tonsillitis, and so my throat really hurts right now. I'm trying to push through. I've taken a lot of medicine today, but I'm going to have to stop and cough a lot. I'm so sorry. So, Nanny soon moved to a nearby town, and she began to read romance novels to kind of, you know- soothe her loneliness because she did not have tinder <laughs> she also started reading lonely hearts columns in the local newspaper and she began to actually respond to some of the ads and stuff it was there that she came across the profile of robert franklin harrelson he was a 23 year old factory worker and also went by the nickname frank they exchanged missives which i don't really know that is and baked goods and then were married <laughs> in 1929 because in the 90s in the 20s, it was easy back then. <coughs> they lived together with Nanny's two other children from Bragg's. Melimba, Melvina, Melvina eventually found her way back into Nanny's care. However, after only being married for a few short months, Nanny realized that Frank was an alcoholic with a criminal record of assault. That's why you don't get married super quickly, people, because you don't really know your husbands or your wives. Come on, y'all. And despite that, um, the couple remained married for 16 years, which to me sounds like way too long. <laughs> During this marriage, uh, Nanny's oldest child, Melvina, which is, I just, each time I come across the name, I'm like, whoa, gave birth to Robert Lee Hayes. And then quickly afterwards, she was pregnant again. And Nanny did assist with the birth. And sadly, the infant died after being born. 
So Melvina was extremely exhausted and just before she fell asleep, she swore she saw a nanny holding her baby and thrusting a hat pin into its skull. When Melvina asked her husband and sister what happened, they said Nanny merely told them that the baby had died, and they noticed that she was holding a pin. And doctors, however, were never able to give a definitive reason for the child's death. Melvina and her husband were grief-stricken and began drifting apart. They divorced, and Melvina began dating a soldier. Nanny strongly disapproved of him, though, and when Melvina was out, her son Robert died mysteriously under Nanny's care. Nanny, nanny, nanny. Yes, nanny. Oh, man. The death was determined to be from unknown causes, and two months later, Nanny collected the $500 life insurance she'd taken out on the boy. Then, in 1955, the day of Japan's surrender to Allied forces. Okay, straight up, you guys. I, I copied and pasted this story. I'm so sorry. This breaks the allure. But yeah, I copied and pasted this story, so that's, that's just a fun little tidbit. Um... So, Nanny's drunkard husband, Frank, was on a particularly bad bender, and after he came home, he sexually assaulted Nanny. The next day, Nanny was... Nanny. The next day, Nanny discovered his corn whiskey jar buried in the yard, and she put rat poison in it. Frank was dead by that evening. Far from being deterred in her never-ending search for love, Nanny met her third husband through a Lonely Hearts column while traveling in Lexington, North Carolina. She then married him three days later. The marriage was rife with trouble because, like Frank, Arlie was an alcoholic and a womanizer. But the neighborhood saw Nanny as a doting wife, and when he died of what was presumed to be heart failure, the whole town showed up and supported Nanny at the funeral. This time, the insurance money was not enough for Nanny, and she actually went ahead and torched the couple's house, which had been left to Arlie's sister. And the insurance money that covered the house was sent straight to Nanny's meal. Nanny's meal? <sighs> The insurance money that covered the house went straight to Nanny. Nanny's fourth husband was very short-lived. Um, after only a few months of marriage, he succumbed to an unknown illness, which is Nanny. She's an unknown illness because she poisoned him to death. Should not be laughing or smiling about that. <laughs> ah, anyways, so finally in 1953, Nanny met Samuel Doss. He was clean-cut, a church-going man, and he actually disapproved of the romance novels and stories that Nanny loved so much. So, in favor of... in favor. So, in September of that year, Nanny laced a sweet potato pie, which was Samuel's favorite, with arsenic. <clears throat> when he went to the hospital, they diagnosed a severe digestive tract infection. He was treated and released. Unfortunately, he did die later that evening, and in a rush to collect on the two life insurance policies she'd taken out on him, Nanny dosed him with as much arsenic as she could get her hands on. Samuel's sudden and violent expiration tipped off doctors, who then performed an, an autopsy on the dead man. Reportedly, there was enough arsenic in his system to have killed 40 horses. In the end, Nanny did confess to killing four of her husbands, her mother, her sister Dovey, her grandson Robert, and her mother-in-law, Lanning. Uh, she was sentenced to life in prison in the Oklahoma State Penitentiary, and for, and instead of, you know, any type of justice done to her, uh, she died peacefully from leukemia in 1965. So that is, that's Nancy Hazel. It's kind of a short story. Sorry about that. There wasn't much detail about her killing the other family members in there. It's been a very stressful week. Yeah. Also, my lip, my lip piercing really hurts right now, so love it. 
Now, this is a story of Jane Toppin. Uh, she was surrendered to a Boston orphanage and hired out to a fostered family by the age of six. And at then, she was basically turned into Cinderella, but Cinderella ended up murdering people. She grew up resenting her foster family that treated her poorly. Particularly, she hated her beautiful foster sister, Elizabeth Topin. Elizabeth was loved by both friends and family and was, as I just said, written to be very beautiful. <laughs> <coughs> Man, I'm in so much, I'm, I'm like so uncomfortable right now. My eyes are hurting me all day. My throat hurts. I keep on coughing. Oh, I'm sweaty. Anyway, okay, no, stop complaining. Keep on going. <clears throat> um, in her mid-20s, she left the family to become a nurse at Cambridge Hospital, Massachusetts, and the trail of bodies began to accumulate behind her. <coughs> at first, she merely experimented on the patients at Cambridge Hospital. She would test different levels of morphine and other narcotics on unwilling patients. I'm so sorry, my throat hurts so bad. Hold on. <coughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Damn. Um, she claimed that these tests and stuff was done just to test their nervous system responses, and these tests did lead to murder. Topan began giving patients rat poison. It has a very fancy name. I'm going to say it wrong. It's Sturishian. Sturishian. Did I do it right? Scientists, DM me. Let me know. <laughs> Rather than simply increasing morphine dosages. Uh, because the hospital did notice and could not ignore the multiple overdoses that occurred on Jane's watch, uh, they just transferred her. <coughs> they transferred her to Massachusetts General Hospital instead of firing her because she just seemed like, you know, wasn't the type of person to kill someone and all the other patients that she did not kill loved her. She was dismissed from Massachusetts, Massachusetts, uh, she was dismissed from Massachusetts General Hospital in 1891, once again due to her overdosing patients, and at this point she had already been responsible for multiple deaths. Upon her dismissal, Toppin became a private nurse and continued her lethal ways. Over the next 10 years, she would murder not just for pleasure, but for gain. These murders still were achieved through her preferred method of poisoning, though she had moved away from morphine in favor of other deadly chemicals. Then in 1880, whoa, in 1895, Toppin poisoned her landlord. Then in 1897, Toppin also poisoned his wife, leaving the house empty for her use. <clears throat> she would continue to kill through the end of the 19th century, uh, she also poisoned another set of landlords, a friend whose job she wanted, and her foster sister. Jane then decided to take down a family called the Davises, and whenever she killed the mom, she did that. Uh, and then afterwards, one of the daughters came to comfort Jane, but was then killed by Jane. Within three months, the entire Davis family was dead. <clears throat> the husband of Davis's daughter was very, very suspicious. He ordered a toxicology report on his wife, and when the results showed that she had been poisoned, the police began looking for Topin. There was a... Uh, water just went off over there. Did you hear that? It was good. She was arrested in October 1901, and she confessed to 31 murders, but was found not guilty due to insanity, because people can just fucking say whatever they want. Ugh. <clears throat> Um, in her confession, Jane admitted to feeling no guilt, 
Um, she said, I never felt sorry for what I have done. Even when I poisoned my dearest friend, as the Davises were, I did not feel any regret afterwards. I have thought it all over, and I cannot detect the slightest bit of sorrow for what I have done. And in that story of Jane, Jane Thomas, Thomas, to Topin, that's <laughs> the story of Jane Topin. <coughs> she was also dubbed Jolly Jane. That's just something I wrote down in my notes and I was like, tell this, but I didn't have any points to just naturally put it in. But yeah, that story of Elizabeth Toppin and of our good friend, Nanny Hazel. I feel like the main thing to learn from that is um, look out for crazy women. A lot of time us true crime folks will preach that you need to, you know, watch out for crazy men and stuff, but us ladies are just as crazy, honestly, sometimes even worse. So just keep an eye out there, ladies and gents, anyone that's attracted to women, just keep an eye out. Any women out there that's attracted to, you know what, if you're attracted to someone, just be careful. Anyone can be a murderer. That's what I'm trying to say here. I'm so tired. Uh, I feel really bad too, because I feel like this is very, I feel like this is a very half-assed episode just because I don't feel good right now. Like, I haven't really had to talk this much all week, so my throat really hurts right now. Um, I'm drinking a bunch of water right now, but I'm just, I'm in pain. My nose is starting to get clogged up for some reason. I guess it's because God just has a vendetta out for me today, but it's okay. I can go finish my paper and then just edit this and I'm done. Oh, my nose is dripping. Jesus. Oh, so yeah, the good thing for the week. Um, let me think. <clears throat> I think the good thing for this week is that this week is almost over and I get to rest this weekend. Um, I got to go home last weekend and that was really nice. And then I'm kind of back here, kind of being thrust back into a bunch of work stuff, but hey, it's good. I got this for the next, um, next, so I have two more weeks and then I have Thanksgiving break and then I have two weeks and then it's one, well, then I have one week and then it's finals and then I'm off on vacation. And so I'm very, I'm looking forward to that vacation because I am overwhelmed, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get through the semester. Oh, oh, I also, I made a, a, an 89 on my history test today and I'm really excited about it because I was really worried I was going to fail the history test and then I didn't and I was like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> I needed to not fail this test and, um, <clears throat> Basically, I'm doing good in my classes, and it's really surprising because school's not really that easy for me, but, you know, I make it work. So, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say. I'm so sorry this episode feels a little bit <coughs> uncouth. My throat really, really hurts right now, but I didn't want to, you know, put it off anymore, but yes. So, this is the end of the 11th episode of Up at Night. Thank you all for joining me. I hope that you had a good time. Uh, if you would like to talk with me a little bit more, follow me on Twitter at Up at Nightcast. I would love to have you. You can DM me your crazy stories. You can tell me about what you want to tell me about. I'm always down to talk about murder and true crime and things that I like and things I don't like. I'm, I'm an open book, so just ask me anything. I'm here for you. I can even do some advice. I don't have any because I'm bad at things, but hey, if you need some advice, let me know. I can mislead you all I can. <laughs> okay, guys. So that was weird. That was a weird laugh. Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna head out now. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's like that thing where you like, you say bye to someone and you two both walk the same direction, except it's just me being awkward. Cause you can just 
turn off this episode whenever you want to. Okay, I'm just gonna head out now. All right, it was good talking to y'all. Follow me on, yeah, you know, follow me on Twitter, (laughs) and I'll see you next time I can't sleep. Night, guys. Night, guys? Oh my god. It's 634, Grayson. (sighs) I'm a mess.